Heavenly Father, as we look around the world and look at our own lives, oh Lord, our souls melt with, with sorrow. As we consider the sorrows of this world, we consider the sorrows of our lives. But Lord, we ask that you would send your spirit to strengthen us now, strengthen us according to your word. And we pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Well, this morning we'll be looking at Mark chapter 16 together as we remember the Lord's resurrection uh, this Sunday. Uh, and as we come to this passage, something that's good to ask is what evidence was there for the resurrection from this passage of Scripture? What evidence was there for the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, that he came back to life? We, of course, on Friday heard that he died, uh, and so we understand his death, but did he come back to life? What evidence is there for the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ? The first piece of evidence we see in this passage before us is in verse 6, and it's the empty tomb. Verse 6, Mark chapter 16, verse 6, uh, the man, the angel, is there in a white robe sitting on the right side, and he says to these women, verse 6, don't be alarmed, he said, you are looking for Jesus the Nazarene who was crucified. He has risen, he is not here, see the place where they laid him. Tomb was empty. Jesus was still dead, the body would be there. But it was not. The tomb was empty, and the angel points this out to the women. He has risen. The tomb is empty. But what is the other piece of evidence that the angel points to for the risen Jesus, for the fact that Jesus has been raised to life? Well, it was that Jesus, the risen Jesus, a Jesus who is very much alive, would appear to the disciples in Galilee. We see that in verse 7. The angel continues to speak in verse 7. He says, But go, tell his disciples and Peter... He is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. Jesus had made an appointment with the disciples after his death. Very unusual to make an appointment with someone after your death, but that's what the Lord Jesus did. He made an appointment with them. After his death, he would appear to them in Galilee as one who was raised to life. Now, did the Lord Jesus keep that appointment? Did he appear to his disciples in Galilee? The answer is yes. If you turn with me over to Matthew's Gospel, which means you need to turn back in your church Bibles to the book that comes immediately before Mark, page 989, so not many pages further uh, back from Mark's Gospel, page 989, and we read in Matthew chapter 28, verse 16, Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, so to the place where Jesus had made the appointment with them, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptising them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. Here we see that the Lord Jesus kept his appointment. The disciples made their way to Galilee, to the mountain, and there they met with the Lord Jesus and they received that great commission uh, that we know so well at the end of Matthew 28. So the disciples saw the risen Lord. But when will we see the risen Lord? When will we see the risen Jesus? Does he have an appointment with us? He made an appointment with the disciples. And he kept that appointment. Has he made an appointment with us? And the answer is yes. He's made an appointment with all men. We read in Hebrews 9, 27, that man is destined, appointed, to die once, and after that, to face judgment. Jesus has made an appointment with every man, every woman, at their death. 
How do we know it's Jesus that will be there at the judgment? Well, the Apostle Paul says in Acts chapter 17, For he, that is God, has set a day when he will judge the world with justice by the man he has appointed. He has given proof of this to all men by raising him from the dead. God has appointed a man to judge all men. Who is that man? It's the one that he has raised from the dead. Who is the one he raised from the dead? The Lord Jesus. So when we read in Hebrews 9.27 that man is appointed to die once and after that face judgment, who is the judge that they will face? It's the Lord Jesus. Everybody has an appointment with the Lord Jesus at their death. Well, there is another way that we are appointed to meet with the Lord Jesus, and that's when Jesus returns. If we do not die before he returns, then we will meet him then. And that's what's spoken of in a classic passage like 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Look with me there now, if you like, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, which speaks so clearly of the Lord Jesus' return. Uh, It may be found on page uh, 1171. 1171, 1171. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, reading from verse 13. 1171, 1 Thessalonians 4, verse 13, where the Apostle Paul writes, Brothers, we do not want you to be ignorant about those who fall asleep, or to grieve like the rest of men who have no hope. We believe that Jesus died and rose again, and so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. According to the Lord's own word, we tell you that we who are still alive, who are left till the coming of the Lord, will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command and with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage each other with these words. Jesus has made an appointment with all men and all women for us to meet him either at our death or when he returns. And the question then is, when you meet the Lord Jesus, when he keeps that appointment with you, will you be meeting him as a friend or a foe? Will you be meeting him as his friend or as an enemy? Will Jesus embrace you as a friend or cast you away as a foe? Now, what's it matter? Well... If he embraces you as a friend, he will take you to be with him in heaven, in paradise, for all of eternity. But if he meets you as an enemy, if he meets you as a foe, he will cast you away into the depths of hell for eternal punishment and eternal pain for your sin. All the times that you've broken God's law, he will cast you away. So then how do we meet Jesus as a friend? How do we meet him as a friend at that appointment that he is going to hold with us at some point in the future? Well, it's by repenting of our sins, by repenting of our sins and walking towards Jesus in faith, by turning from our sin and walking to Jesus in faith. That's what the disciples did. They heard about Christ's appointment that he had made with them in Galilee. And what did they do? They heard... And they kept that appointment. They kept that appointment. They turned towards Galilee and went there. The angel said that the disciples would meet Jesus just as he told them. We see that back in Mark chapter 16. Mark chapter 16, you, want, you can turn back there if you like. Mark chapter 16, verse 7. The angel said, But go tell his disciples and Peter, he is going ahead of you into Galilee, there as you, and there you will see him just as he told you. The Lord Jesus 
told the disciples that he was going to meet with them. He told them through the angel, but he'd also told them earlier, before his death, he had told them. That's what the angel says. There you will see him just as he told you. When did the Lord Jesus tell them that he was going to meet them after his death? Well, it was at the Last Supper. Uh, well, just after the Last Supper on the Mount of Olives. Turn with me back a, a page earlier in Mark chapter 14. Mark chapter 14, verse 26. So not Mark chapter 16, just go back with me. Mark chapter 14, verse 26. It says, when they'd sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. So they just had the Passover meal, and this is the night of Jesus' betrayal and his uh, being tried and then crucified. And then verse 27, we read, You will all fall away, Jesus told them, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. But after I have risen, I will go ahead of you into Galilee. Here he made this appointment with them. He told the disciples. And then the angel is reminding them of this fact, that he told you he was going to meet you in Galilee. He was going to rise from the dead and he was going to meet you in Galilee. And so what did the disciples do? Well, they believed his word and they turned their steps to Galilee. They turned their steps to Galilee. They were in Jerusalem at the time. They needed to make their way from, if you know Israel, is, is, uh, the geography of Israel, Jerusalem's in the south, Galilee's in the north. It's a long journey up, but that's what they did. They turned their steps to go up to Galilee to see the Lord Jesus. They believed him. Now, it was a hard journey to make, but they made it nonetheless. And what happened? The Lord Jesus kept his appointment with them. He met them in Galilee as they turned their steps and made their way to him. And he embraced them as friends there in Galilee. And it's the same for us. What has Jesus done? He's told us about his appointment with us. He's told us that he's going to meet with us when we die or when he returns. And what do we need to do? Well, we need to believe his word. We need to take Jesus at his word, that he has made an appointment with us. And we need to turn our steps in repentance to him. That's what repentance is. It's turning away from your sin and turning to what is right, turning away from what is wrong to what is right. And that's what we need to do. We need to turn from what is wrong and start doing what is right. And we need to start walking in faith, trusting in Jesus, trusting that he will return, trusting that he will meet us at our death. Despite the troubles that come, despite the, the persecution that people may inflict upon us for trusting in Jesus, we persevere. It is hard journeying towards Jesus. It was hard for the disciples to make the journey up to Galilee. It's hard for us to make the journey towards the Lord Jesus as well, turning our steps from wrong to right. Why? Well, walking in repentance means what? It means humbling ourselves, admitting that we are sinful, that we're going the wrong way, and turning from that. Walking by faith is difficult. As people persecute us, it is difficult, it is hard to walk by faith towards the Lord Jesus. But if we do, Jesus will welcome us as his friends when we meet him at our death or when he returns. But you may ask, will he welcome all who turn to him? Will he welcome everyone? The answer is yes. But you may say, what about if I've been particularly wicked? Maybe I've blasphemed God. Maybe I've resisted Jesus in the past and I've poured ridicule upon him. I've used his name as a curse word. Would he really accept me if I turn to him now? Will he embrace me as a friend at that appointed time when he will meet with me? Will he really accept me? The answer is yes. How do I know? Because he accepted the disciples and Peter. It's very interesting what we see that the angel says in Mark chapter 16. Mark chapter 16, turn with me back there, 
verses 6 and 7. Now, angels don't appear very often. I've never met one. And when they do appear, they're generally men of very few words. So it's very important to note every word that the angel says. They're very valuable words to us. So what does the angel say? Verse 6. Don't be alarmed, he said. You are looking for Jesus the Nazarene who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. But go tell his disciples and Peter. He is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. See what the angel does? He specifically tells the women who to tell about the appointment that has been made. And who are the women meant to tell? They're meant to tell the disciples and Peter. Now, why would he single out the disciples and Peter? Why would the Lord Jesus have told this angel to tell them, to remind them of his appointment with them? Well, when Jesus made the appointment with the disciples, back in Mark chapter 14, what did he say? Turn with me back to the page earlier before that we looked at before. Mark chapter 14, verse 27. You will all fall away, Jesus told them, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. But after I have risen, I will go ahead of you into Galilee. The Lord Jesus, when he made this appointment with them, he also predicted that they would all fall away. That the shepherd would be struck, which is him, by being crucified and being whipped and flogged and beaten. And the disciples, they would fall away. And what did the disciples do in response to Jesus' words? Jesus tells them they're going to fall away. He tells them, though, I'll meet you in Galilee. What does the disciple, what does Peter particularly do? Verse 29, Peter declared, even if all fall away, I will not. Then verse 30, I tell you the truth, Jesus answered, today, yes, tonight, before the rooster crows twice, you yourself will disown me three times. But Peter insisted emphatically, even if I have to die with you, I will never disown you. And all the others said the same. They all said, there's no way I'm falling away. Just after Jesus said about his appointment and warned them that they would. Now, this is a good thing, isn't it? That they would not fall away. They swore they wouldn't fall away. Yes, it's a good thing if they kept their promise, but did they? Did they keep their promise? No, they did. they did fall away. They didn't keep their promise. Jesus was right. Mark chapter 14, same chapter, verse 48. Verse 48. The soldiers have come to arrest Jesus with the chief priests. Verse 48. Am I leading a rebellion, said Jesus, that you have come out with swords and clubs to capture me? Every day I was with you, teaching in the temple courts, and you did not arrest me, but the scriptures must be fulfilled... Then everyone deserted him and fled. A young man wearing nothing but a linen garment was following Jesus. When they seized him, he fled naked, leaving his garment behind him. All the disciples deserted Jesus. And what about Peter? Well, he denied Jesus had anything to do with him. Don't know the man. Three times. Look with me at Mark chapter 14, verse 66. Verse 66, a few verses down. Mark chapter 14, verse 66. While Peter was below in the courtyard, one of the servant girls of the high priest came by. When she saw Peter warming himself, she looked closely at him. You also were with that Nazarene Jesus, she said. But he denied it. I don't know or understand what you're talking about, he said, and went out into the entryway. When the servant girl saw him there, she said again to those standing around, this fellow is one of them. 
Again, he denied it. After a little while, those standing near said to Peter, Surely you are one of them, for you are a Galilean. They could tell by his voice, his accent, that he was from the north, from Galilee. Verse 71, he began to call down curses on himself and he swore to them, I don't know this man you're talking about. Immediately the rooster crowed the second time. Then Peter remembered the word Jesus had spoken to him. Before the rooster crows twice, you will disown me three times. And he broke down and wept. So shouldn't all the disciples, because of their behaviour that night, at the time they were needed most by the Lord Jesus. And we see him there in the Garden of Gethsemane, needing their help as he's praying there. And they're falling asleep. And when some action comes, they fall away. They even deny being with him, as we see with Peter. Shouldn't they have lost all hope that Jesus would remain their friend? That he would never forgive them for what they did? And yes, he made an appointment with them, but would he keep that appointment with them? And welcomed them as friends. The angel gave them hope. The angel gave them hope. Mark chapter 16, verse 7. But go tell his disciples and Peter. He is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. The angel has a message for these disciples. Jesus will keep his appointment with you. He wants to see you. And Peter. Peter is named separately. Why is Peter named separately? Because... He was remorseful. He was upset about what he had done and would be worried whether Jesus would welcome him. But we saw that he wept bitterly. He was repentant of his sin, of his denial of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so he was welcome to come and see Jesus. Why? Because Jesus has paid for his denial. Jesus paid at the cross for all their sin, including the fact that they fell away, that they should have been there with the Lord Jesus. That they shouldn't have denied him like Peter did. He welcomes them as friends because their sin is paid for. He experienced the torment. And so, of course, forgiveness is given to these repentant disciples who are remorseful for what they have done, for even their denial of the Lord Jesus. So how is the experience of Peter and the experience of the disciples helpful for us today? If we repent, if we turn to Christ, we are welcome too. When he keeps his appointment with us, we will be welcomed as friends to him. No matter how wicked you have been over your life, no matter how many times you've dishonoured the Lord Jesus Christ and rebelled against God, he will welcome you as a friend if you turn to him. Even if you call yourself a Christian but betrayed Jesus in this last week, you let him down in some way and you're feeling guilty about it even now as you sit here. And you worry that when he returns or when you die, he will not welcome you as a friend because of what you've done. The scriptures tell you that he will welcome you as a friend if you turn from your sins. That's what Jesus says to you now. Repent, trust in me, and I'll forgive you and welcome you as my friend. Why? Because Jesus has paid it all. He's paid for all the times you've fallen and not done what is right. He's paid for all those denials of Christ or anything to do with him. I don't know what you're talking about when people ask you about the Lord Jesus. All the times you've let him down, he forgives you because he has paid it all at the cross. 
So what are you going to do in light of Christ's appointment with him? What are you going to do? Are you listening to Christ's promise to meet us all at his appointed time, either at our death or at his return? Have you turned your steps towards him? Have you repented of your sins and turned your steps towards him just like the disciples did so many years ago? They went to see Jesus. Are you turning towards Jesus now and living by faith? Are you walking to him by repentance and faith and asking the Holy Spirit to give you increasing repentance from your sin and a trust in him? Or are you not believing Christ's word and think that you will not meet Jesus one day? That you will never meet Jesus, the risen Jesus, the man who died so many years ago, he's not alive and he's not going to meet with me at my death or his return. Don't be so foolish. Don't be like Christ's disciples. The first time Jesus told them that he was going to meet with them and they lost all hope. They needed an angel to remind them of the appointment that was made. Don't be so foolish. Either we're going to meet Jesus on the day that we die or when he returns, just as he told us. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter whether you're really young or whether you're one of the more elderly people amongst us. He will meet with each person in this room. He's made an appointment with us. And so don't be like the disciples and ignore that appointment that he's made with you. Why? Because Jesus always keeps his appointments. Jesus always keeps his appointments. He's not like the disciples or us or our family and friends who fail to keep appointments. Sure, there's many appointments that you've made and you've missed them. Even hearing about a pastor recently um, when he was getting to know a church, he was appointed to preach one Sunday and he forgot altogether and didn't show up. It's not a good way to make a good impression on a church that you're trying to help out and possibly become the pastor of. We fail to keep our appointments. Even preachers can fail to keep their appointments. Jesus won't catch a virus and have to go into isolation for a week or be in near contact to an angel that's got a virus and so he can't come and meet with you. He will come. He keeps his appointments. And he won't meet you over video call so they can't do anything with you. No, when he sees you, it will be in person. He will be able to embrace you or he will be able to cast you away into hell. Jesus will come at his appointed time. And Jesus will meet you either as a foe, an enemy, a rebel and cast you into hell And so you can live in dread now and suppress that thought if you resist turning to him, kind of like having a court appearance that you need to go to and you dread it. Or maybe something like the dentist. I don't think people dread the dentist as much as I did when I was a child. I think dentists aren't as painful necessarily these days. But you know that one day you will meet with Jesus. Everybody knows it. Everybody knows it. They just suppress the truth. The atheist knows it. The Hindu knows it. The Buddhist knows it. The Muslim knows it. Everybody knows it. They just suppress the truth and won't turn to Jesus. Or 
you can meet him as a friend and have Jesus place his arm around you and take you into paradise. You can look forward to the appointment. You can long for its coming. Long for that day when you will die and see Jesus. Long for that day when he returns with all those who have already fallen asleep in him. You can long for it like you would long to go and meet a brother who is going to give you a very great reward. That's what you can do instead of dreading it like you would dread a court appearance where you know you're going to be found guilty and punished with incarceration. So which will it be? Which will it be? Turn to Jesus now. Experience his forgiveness for all your sin and then long to glorify him and rejoice with him forever in heaven. Know the joy that comes of serving the risen Lord and longing, desiring his return. Say with Job, that passage that we read before in Job chapter 19, where we see Job says, I know that my Redeemer lives and that in the end he will stand upon the earth and after my skin has been destroyed, yet in my flesh I will see God. I myself will see him with my own eyes. I and not another. How my heart yearns within me. Say that with Job. Long for his appearing. Long to meet with Jesus. He keeps his appointments. It's just a matter of time. As a Christian, long for that appearing and to meet him as a friend who embraces you and says, come and share in my reward. Let's speak to him now. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we praise you as our risen Lord. The tomb was empty and you appeared to your disciples as you promised. We thank you for telling us your promise that you will meet with us either at our death or at your return. And we thank you for granting many in this room repentance so that we have turned our steps towards you and have been forgiven and we look forward to meeting you as our friend who will reward us eternally. But Lord, if there is anyone in this room who is still ignoring your promise, who is suppressing the truth and suppressing the idea that you will meet with them, that you've made an appointment with them, oh Lord, strike fear into their hearts now. Strike fear into their hearts that they would meet you as an enemy and be cast out of your presence for all eternity. Oh Lord, instead, we ask that you, by the power of your Holy Spirit, would grant them repentance now so they turn toward you and they know the joy of knowing you as their friend. And we pray this all in your name.